Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash deconversion. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This is Deconversion Therapy. I'm Karen. I'm the man. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm Bonnie, the happy idiot. <laughs> and this is Deconversion Therapy, where weekly podcasts, comedy about religion. And we both grew up together. We haven't done this part in a while. About how we grew up together in the evangelical church. Yep. We did that. Known each it's other true. since we were one year old. See how I did that? I and did. <laughs> I'm so conscious of saying it right so the haters don't come out. And then we grew up in a Southern Baptist church. We went to Southern Baptist College. Uh, Bonnie went on to a secular heathen den college. Well, I stayed wow. <laughs> true to God, became a missionary. And eventually, we both have either studied or were skeptical enough to walk our ways out of Christianity. And that's what we're about. The end. <laughs> Very nice. The uh, end. Mm-hmm. No more but to the story. Uh, I, I have, <laughs> I still have moments of memory of how Jesus was brought into things and made me feel crappy all through growing up. Oh, yeah. So, um, yes. Yeah. So we that's kind of why we're talking about things. Right, right. We're still unpeeling the um, onion. Layers of pain. That's it. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to talk about Jews for Jesus, which is fascinating. But first, let me remind you, um, while you're in quarantine and life is, you know, really strange, uh, buy our shit if you want. <laughs> it's fine. It's to fine. To support the podcast we have. Uh, we turned off our Patreon because we do want people to just hold on to their money for now. It's a weird time. But if you have a few dollars and you want to go shop in our shop, go to deconversiontherapypodcast.com. In there, we have a mug that's really cute that talks about how now you get to spend your tithing on some good coffee rather than... I like you say how it talks about... It talks, There's a paragraph on this mug. Yeah. <laughs> There's a it. moving animation that talks to you. And then we have um, our new favorite edition someone made for us is a birth control pill sleeve uh, mm -hmm. called Quiverful, bleh, Quiverful of Pills. Go back to our Quiverful episode and learn all about the baby machines. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we're not the only religion with baby machines. Speaking no. of Jews and the awesome, um, what was it? It was a memoir first, and then they have a little four-part series on Netflix. Yeah. Um, unorthodox. Oh, it was so good. It really was. 
We'll get into that. That's what we're talking about today. And, you know, I can talk about the Jews because my Ancestry.com came back and it said I have 1% Jewishness. Oh, And um, our mutual Jewish friend, I told her and she said, welcome to the tribe. So (laughs) I'm in. I like that they're welcoming. Yeah, or just her. Anyway. Uh, as well, in welcoming uh, to me. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I wanted... Hang on. I'm Fleming. <coughs> <coughs> it was because I mocked you before. Um, so, so we're still doing the quarantine thing. Yes. I personally go out one time a week to make a grocery store run. And then that's kind of it. Do you know? I mean, there's nothing stopping me from getting in my car and just driving and looking at things, but I don't. Yeah. Um. So, so here, here is my tip for you. For um, me personally, or people out there. Well, I'm gonna give it to you. Oh, great. Um, because everybody else might think it's you know ridiculous, but it's kind of fun to me to go on your phone and put apps on for different radio stations across the globe and across the country. So like this morning I was listening to the the Casey Kasem's 80s countdown from Rochester, Minnesota. What? I know. So Didn't there's know this, there was a Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah, you thought I was going to go say New York, but I'm not. Um, so it's fun to listen to the local ads that are on there with their, you know, oh, come on now and get an air conditioner. Um, <laughs> that's my Minnesota accent. <laughs> um, so if you're listening to like an 80s countdown, it's not only a time journey. It makes you feel like you've gone somewhere for the day. That's good. It's like a little vacation. You know, I'm sure Rochester, Minnesota is a lovely place, but that's not where I'm going. If I'm going to no, listen. <laughs> Is there anything in Cavo San Lucas radio? Or it's gonna be in Spanish though. Oh, well see si, senor. <laughs> well see si, senor. Um <laughs> the, the the fun part to me about driving across the country was always listening to the different radio stations. Yes. And hearing the local flavor. Uh, the local flavor, the local ads that are on there, the news, and then you know exactly where I'm going with this. You'd be trekking along and like, oh, this is a good song. And then you'd catch yourself listening to some Christian stupid radio station. Oh, see there. You just slipped because you said you would stop because it was a good song. You catch yourself listening to, did I say good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were snapping along to, you know, just as I am without one, please. So, um, so that's my first uh, tip for quarantine. My second thing that I've been doing in quarantine that's amusing myself is trying the samples of makeup that came in some birch box sample box. So I've just got piles of samples of things that I would never try, like a luxury self-tanner. So yesterday my face was very brown. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Because I can't go out like that, you know, on a regular basis, not knowing how it works. Right. So what a perfect time to try a 
a self tanner. <laughs> See if well, it that, makes you orange or brown. <laughs> that reminds me of my Jewish friend who put on self tanner, went out to dinner with her father, and <laughs> then he said, I think you're developing. And it was like all <laughs> splotchy and all that. I always wanted to write something with a story about a guy who was cheating on his girlfriend or his wife and some woman is like, here, let me give you a massage. And she writes on his back in (gasps) self-tanner with her name. Then, of course, the wife is like, why does it say Judy on the back? (laughs) What? Because I'm dating an 80-year-old who was born in the 30s. Yeah. Um, so that that's what I'm doing in quarantine is trying out stupid things. My fingernails look great, but the finger skin around them is kind of picked at because of, you know, boredom. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that on Saturday Night Live last week when they did it from home, Cecily Strong had the same thing happening. Fingernail looks good. Oh, <laughs> you've been messing with the skin around there like I have. Yeah, I don't think I, uh, I'm trying to think of any, well, I'll go ahead and say that I saw my father after, like, not seeing him for eight weeks, because I am, I mean, this is the first time in our lives, obviously, where you could visit someone and unknowingly kill them. I mean, I'm paranoid with that. And I just found out an acquaintance of mine's mother died uh, of COVID. But um, I, yeah, have been very paranoid, very careful. So we sat around. He's almost 90 and watched uh, ESPN replaying (laughs) a football game from 1987 Sure. (laughs) I mean, I don't even, anyway. Oh, and the screen quality is so bad. The colors were terrible. I had to take pictures of the fonts when they put, like, Penn State University of Miami. It was hilarious, Mm -hmm. like these nearly bubble fonts. And I'm sure they were like, this looks great. Um, But I love back in the 70s like early 70s where they had one font. Yeah. They seem to have maybe one or two. Right, right. So that's what I've done. But let's get into um, how we're experts on Jewishness. And I'll ask you, Bonnie, (laughs) how you first came into contact with God's Chosen. Or no, I'll go first because I think one of yours might stem off of mine. Well, uh, let's also back up just a little bit and say that we were super sheltered from anybody but the people we went to church and school with, and school was all these Baptist kids. Yeah. I mean, it was... God forbid there was a Catholic thrown in. Oh, Um, no. I mean, (laughs) we only deal with Christians here. I know, but our school was small. That was the joke, that we were told Catholics weren't Christians, so... Yeah, but at the same time, the school wanted to have them paying tuition. And so guess what? We had fish every Friday. I didn't know we had any Catholics there. Well, I think they just wanted to keep it as an option for tuition purposes. Yeah, yeah. Because we always had a fish patty on Friday. Yeah, we did a patty. Uh, They weren't sticks, remember? 
they were great because you could like peel off. They were like so fried in butter that you peel off the little topping. It was, it was just like a filet o fish. Yeah, still like yeah, um, yeah. So I think I first came into contact because. We had uh, a set of brothers um, that rode the Baptist school bus with me, and they had a Jewish friend, and they would come over, and this Jewish friend got a crush on me, and he would, like, play hilarious games and all this. Anyway, one day, he comes to the door, and he gives me a bottle of perfume, And he's like, Merry Christmas. And I said, oh, thanks. Merry Christmas to you. And he's like, oh, I celebrate Hanukkah. (laughs) Not so fast. (laughs) In that moment, I just remember there being an, like, automatic shutdown. Right. My whole, you know, like, oh, my God, this is, is foreign. This is, we don't. We don't associate with these kind. <laughs> and then later in high school, um, he still had a bit of a crush. And the funny thing is, he was like king of the Jews. And he went That's to Jesus's Israel. title. And he even had like a shirt that says Israel is real. And he went to Israel and he was talking about it all the time. And I was very, very Christian. So it's just this weird, like, you know, what's going on? And so I had to mentally just shut down this guy and he would try and get around me. And there were these small, like, study rooms in the choir room. Yeah, I was in choir. We kicked ass. Mm -hmm. And I was in one by myself. He came in it. He's not in choir. So it's obvious he's trying to be around me. He sits down. He talks to me, and I don't answer him. I, (laughs) I am like, I cannot entertain this person and anyway and develop a relationship even friendship and all i know is later someone said yeah you know what he said about you he said man that karen must be on her period all the time (laughs) 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 and i said blood of jesus sucker no um but (laughs) okay so this segues into my encounter with him in the parking lot once after we we were in plays together and I don't know if it's something I said or if he was saying it now to get it back to you or what but he came up to me and apropos of nothing says hey you know by the way I believe in sex before marriage <laughs> and I was like I'm sorry <laughs> what <laughs> why are we talking about this Go when did away. this come up where are we what are we doing it, absolutely out of nowhere that that was told to me. Um, I also just, was always – go ahead. And let me just say, now he is – I think I would consider him orthodox, um, or not orthodox extra, but he still <laughs> is very identifies with that. That's his whole community. That's what he does. That's what he talks about. Nicest guy ever. Yeah, and, and Beautiful the best – the best head on his shoulders, too. Totally. 
Exactly. Love, love, love him. Um, also, at our class reunion, I reminded him that he came up to me in the parking lot and said that. <laughs> and he says to me, as a father of three girls, I absolutely deny having ever said that. <laughs> Good answer. Um, he uh, also fascinated me by insisting when we all ordered pizza once that one pizza be ordered without sauce. And I'm like, without sauce? Um, because I guess there's meat in the sauce and that couldn't blend oh. with the cheese. Well, that's what so. we're going to get into when I educate people on <laughs> what it means to be a Jew since I'm 1%. Oh, and then the minute I was released out into public school in eighth grade, like uh, my school best friend, Jewish, and uh, I remember she called me on New Year's Eve to say Happy New Year's. And I thought, you guys celebrate a different New Year. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting my tidbits of information, (laughs) probably from my grandmother, um, who had tidbits. And that's it. Yeah, we we were totally sheltered, which equals ignorant. Yeah. We, oh, and I remember when I came home from my first day of public junior high school there, my grandmother's quizzing me, well, all right, who did you meet? Who did you meet? And I tell her, oh, there's this one guy in my pre-algebra class that was funny, and I said his name, and the first thing she says is, you know he won't marry you. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm 12. I don't want to get married. And uh, <laughs> so then, of course, at the class reunion, the joke of it was we find out he did marry somebody who was not Jewish. Uh, I'm like, and I was just so happy. I'm like, ha-ha, Mama. Yeah. You were wrong. <laughs> we knew nothing. And, of course, Jews, Catholics, um, anything that was not Southern Baptist, even, you know, the people that went to those other churches, they were all outside of people who knew the truth and were going to heaven because <laughs> Baptists believe becoming a Christian, you have to be fully emerged in the water. So, Oh, yeah. right. Sprinkling didn't count. Nope. Um. Yeah, the irony is that the Jews call themselves the chosen people where we knew that we were the chosen people. Exactly. All right. So so a bit about Jewishness. Um, Let me just tell people on our notes sheet that we kind of try to follow. Karen has written brief history of Jews. (laughs) And Bonnie is There's nothing brief about the history of Jews. (laughs) My new book coming out. It's one page. It's going to be hilarious. My new flyer. Okay. Go ahead. There's definitely, you got the non-practicing Jews. So my family and I were talking about this the other day, how, of course, Jewish is the only religion that's also an ethnicity. Is that how I say it? Want to rewind? Yeah. So Jewishness is the only religion that's also an ethnic group and a country. So it's unique in that. And that took, I think it's that concept that took me forever to sort of understand things Mm -hmm. because it was so rare. Anyway, 
Um, there's the non-practicing Jews, which are sort of my favorite because, you know, uh, <laughs> I understand them. Um, and then you've got like the Reformed, you've got Orthodox Jews. And I was watching a bunch of YouTubes on explaining things to me. Mm-hmm. There's a great <laughs> YouTube person called Jew in the City. She's been doing it a long time, and she explains, like, why some Jewish people, women, wear wigs after they're married and why some don't and all this stuff. Oh, that was always fascinating to me because I was obsessed and thinking, they have the best hair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It seems, you know, it's the same as Christianity, where everyone expresses it and follows different things that they feel are important to them. Right. So, yeah. So some wear wigs to cover their natural hair because their natural hair is too sexual and could cause people to stumble, although they can put on a real sexy wig and that's okay. Wow. I okay. know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then some other Jewish things are the Hasidim, which I'm obsessed with. And those are the ones with the little, uh, the men have the curly side curl things. Right. And they wear hats and they wear black and with like a white undershirt and they're all over Williamsburg. New York. Um, that was the best in the unorthodox film. Yeah. So that it, scene. You know which one I'm talking about. I think. Where he's sitting in the hotel room and he's got the little sponge rollers curling. Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah. And I know there's a name for them and I don't know what it is. Curlers. No, um the hair. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm forgetting too. But it's fascinating because it's sort of like the Pentecostals to Christians because the Hasidic are very emotional. Like they dance around, they feel just like, um, what do I want to say? Just like Pentecostal, they see like God. Like with the hands in the air and, yeah. and feeling his spirit. Yeah, they see God in everything. So while maybe quote, regular Christians can see a cloud and it just be a cloud, you know, Pentecostal charismatics see meaning in it and see how it could be shaped like a, you know, whatever. And the same with Hasidic Jews. So guess how many Jewish laws there are. Supposedly Moses went up the mountain, came back with the tin on the stone, but... Mm -hmm. Some backups? Yes. God told him, and somehow he memorized. Sit down for a while. (laughs) Exactly. Take a load off. Guess how many? Well, it's in the notes, so I'm going to say, is that the number that you have written down? 613? It is. Sorry. 613 is insane. And then I guess Moses came down and told everyone else to sit down for a while (laughs) because there were so many. So I'm going to tell you some fascinating ones. One, I watched so many uh, docs on documentaries on Mm -hmm. YouTube about Hasidic and 
you'll enjoy one. One was done for the New York Times. Uh And I don't know if it was done in the 80s or whatever. But guess who the voiceover hosts were? Oh, I don't know. Think of the top entertainment Jews of the 80s. Oh, the Beastie Boys. Oh, that's, that's, no, you're, now you're thinking too cool. I'm sorry. (laughs) This was done by the wonderful Jewish duo of Leonard Nimoy and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, (laughs) well, sure. (laughs) So Spock and Carrie from Sex and the City, you just hear their voices doing it and it's hilarious, but Okay, some of the interesting things they there were they have a thing about, you know, kosher delis and how they make their food. But and how the blood is drained out. Yeah, but and it's how like it's blessed. So intense. Like they have these knives and they have to really get into how sharp they are, and they inspect them before each thing because they really do believe that food is part of their spiritual being. And what they put into them could um, bring down their relationship to God or bring it up. So if you think about it, I mean, what we put into our bodies, I mean, there's the old saying, you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. Okay, that didn't come around from nothing. But right to to make something a part of our bodies and a part of our whole system, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense to make that important. I guess because right when you're now t- during yeah. lockdown, well, yes, <laughs> Oreos are. But my when God. you were talking about um, the knives, when I used to go to the grocery store at Fairway to get deli stuff, they had one cutter that was for meat and one that was for cheese and if they had closed up at night they would have to ask you you know hey we've only got the two slicers going on do you mind if I slice this on this one and Ah. uh, so my meat and cheese wouldn't be sliced even on the same slicer under normal conditions so some of the orthodox Jews even have kitchens with two if they have enough money with two different ovens yeah. And um, things like that. But they, this little YouTube thing went and traveled to, you know, the butchers and the bakers and the yeah. candlestick makers. <laughs> and it was fascinating. So, like, one of those 16, I mean, one of those 613 rules. Hold on, I got a burp. Okay. <clears throat> I should make a. A mixtape of them um, was that you can't eat half an insect. No, I'm sorry. That you can't eat a whole insect. So insect exactly. So <laughs> they put strawberries that look super clean, and they put them in like a mixture in water for a minute or so, and like bugs come out of them. And just listening to that made oh me go, my gosh. I'm going to be doing that. Um, but like if a Jewish... Because you can't eat the whole insect. Correct. If if there's like half an insect that you accidentally eat, it's right. okay. So, I mean, it's... Wow. Right. 
And so, like, there are inspectors that go around and check everything. And one guy was like, okay, you have to be careful. You have to do the cheese danish. You have to do it in a dish or pan that has edges, four edges to it. Because if it happens to boil over and one drop goes to the bottom of the oven, then that is a dairy oven. So, Oh, my gosh. Right, right. I guess that would make sense. So it was, like, very intricate. Like, everything. It was really amazing. Okay. I'm going to tell you you another thing. Man, you should see how dirty my oven is. (laughs) (laughs) I've got such a cheese oven. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about, let's throw in this Mike Pence thing, and then let's get into the Jews for Jesus. Okay. I put a link here. I don't know if you saw it, but. I read it. Oh, man. So there was, we get, we understand Mike Pence. Let's just move on from him. But um, there was a terrible anti-Semitic massacre, you know, in, I guess it was 2018. Mm -hmm. Was it Philadelphia? I feel terrible not being able to say it off the the top of my head. But um, so here comes Mike Pence. He's going to, you know, I don't know, put people at ease. He's going to do whatever. He asks a rabbi to pray and the rabbi prays and says, in Jesus name. (laughs) And then everyone's like, ding, ding. (laughs) This is not who we consider Jewish. Right. And meanwhile, I'm sure Pence was like, got you on a loophole. (laughs) Right. So uh, Jews for Jesus is colloquial, like, you know, any seemingly Jewish person who thinks Jesus was at all the Messiah or any more than just a good man is not considered Jewish. And then there's Jews for Jesus, um, the organization. Mm-hmm. So you said you dipped into that. Let's hear what you've got. I I did dip into it a little bit, which, of course, with the help of Wikipedia. Which sounds um, to me like a Jewish name. Really? <laughs> Not racist at all. Um, so uh, I also wanted to go back to that Pence thing. There was yeah. a rabbi named Jason somebody or other. Uh, who commented that that is a branch of Christianity, not Judaism, and it's offensive to the Jewish community. Totally. And I'm thinking, like, well, I can see the saying in Jesus' name in that instance offensive, but just offensive? Like, how? Just because you don't think the way I do and worship the way I do shouldn't mean offense. I would be totally fascinated. You would? Yeah. I think if, like... It's like if a Christian thing... But just the fact that they exist, that's offensive? No, I think... Well, That's yes. what he was saying. He wasn't talking about the event. Oh. But that these people, this branch of Christianity is offensive to Jews. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just mean. I know. Well, I'll tell you. They're allowed to do what they want. And think they what are, they want. And worship who they want. It's that they're putting it on the Jews, and we'll get into that 
in a minute. <laughs> What's offensive is being witnessed to by them. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And speaking of that. Uh, okay, so from Wikipedia, the whole Jews for Jesus thing started with a founder who, um, okay, so this man's wife decided that uh, the more she studied, the more she became convinced that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. So you know what she did? She began to leave pamphlets oh, around no. her house, hoping that her husband would become curious. <laughs> so... <sighs> Instead of that, he became livid and confrontational and felt ostracized from their Jewish community due to his wife's beliefs. Yeah. Then he read the pamphlets with the intention of finding flaws. And guess what? He became convinced. No. And converted. So to me, this is like, great. This is where pamphlet gets legitimacy. So a pamphlet did the trick. Well, you heard the real story. The they real were in, story. They were in bed, and she put the pamphlets on her boobs. What? <laughs> I'm Stop just, it. I'm just thinking how he's like, hey, I'm going to pick that up, I guess. No. I, I mean, it's a bit passive-aggressive to leave pamphlets around. Pamphlets in your house. I know. <laughs> Put it on the toilet. Now, I've talked before oh, about how reading. my physician father did this when I was a, when my body <laughs> became, started maturing. He would leave ones from the New England Journal of Medicine that said heavy. That's light reading for a teenager. I know. He would like put it on my toilet and it said heavy petting can lead to pregnancy. And so there were all these things like that he was worried about that he would just leave around. But I mean, that's a father, teen right. daughter. That's not a husband and wife. But uh, so, <laughs> um, so the Jews for Jesus organization uh, it rose to prominency in the early seventies. And during that time, Israel considered a measure to bar Jews for Jesus from missions there. So um, that suggestion didn't happen. But the reason that came about, because Orthodox Jewish volunteers went undercover. I just love that. We're so concerned about being witnessed. <laughs> we're going to go undercover and bust up your, your, your missionarying. You're proselytizing. Um, so that's oh, the so, movie I want to see. Oh, so they went undercover and joined the Jews or, for Jesus movement. I don't know. I just oh. read that Orthodox Jewish volunteers went undercover. Volunteers. I guess they weren't in any kind of. No one gets um, paid here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it said they even participated in baptisms to undercover the group's efforts in Israel. Hmm. Okay. Which then I learned um, this is kind of just a, a side comment, but after Israel became a state in 1948, the government there passed this law of return, and that grants Jewish people anywhere in the world the right to immigrate there and gain citizenship. Yeah. So um, it doesn't apply to a member of another religion. And that is now, I'm like, oh, there was this woman who was just, I can't think of any other thing to call her, but just kind of a fuck up. Mm-hmm. And she... Moved from New York to to Israel, and when I heard that she had done that, I'm like, "What? Why?" 
And now I kind of get it because she could go there and ask for citizenship. Yeah. And uh, then she, this is awful. She started like one of those um, GoFundMes to try to get back. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> um, it didn't work out for her. And she said in there, unfortunately, I haven't been able to learn Hebrew. And I'm like, what? That's on you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is your job when you move somewhere else to learn the language. Anyway, she acted like it was just, it was kept from me. Right. The the language. Anyway, um, so my wish is for the people of English and Irish heritage to be allowed to show up in England or Ireland and be able to stay. Because I would go. Let's just make it clear. Bonnie yeah. is looking for an inn. She just, you know, she just wants a flat somewhere in London. <laughs> Outside um, of London's fine, too. Yep. So anyone that can, you know, green card, it's up for negotiation. <laughs> right. I'm totally down with a green card marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fine. I um, did one. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the basic uh, beginning of Jews for Jesus, well, the 70s, and a pamphlet everything, got us there. Yeah, everything was starting in the 70s. That whole Jesus movement, like, everything was going, you know, on. Um, okay, so I researched some Jews for Jesus podcasts, and there are two, and they only have, like, three episodes from 2014. You know, they they did not take off. Uh, but one I listened to, and it's about a big player. She might live in South Florida now, but I think she ended up being the director of the whole thing or director in New York. Anyway, her name's Carol Joseph, and I listened to her testimony. Mm -hmm. She, I think, was in college or something, and I found this uh, thing that, this through line, I listened to or uh, watched on YouTube about three different testimonies, and they were all the same. The people were searching. So, you know, you're going to find something if you're searching. Um, But they tried lots of different things, lots of different religions. But this woman, uh, she had anxiety, but she said she also had this friend who always seemed very calm. And she asked him about that. And he said, well, I'm a Christian. For someone who has anxiety, (laughs) clinical anxiety, let me tell everyone this. There are people who have it and people who don't. There are Christians who have it extremely, and there are atheists who don't. And that's just the bottom line right there. But the one thing she said, she said, I realized I wanted to see if Jesus really was the Messiah. So she prayed for something. She Mm -hmm. said, I always had a problem with my sweet tooth. So I prayed that I could resist for one day. A day? Yes. And Jesus (laughs) did it. And by the end of the day, she thought Jesus was real. I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
I was waiting for her when she said she was going to pray for something like, you know, it's a bone growth or to save someone from dying or like something. Right. And she talked about that being so integral to her becoming a Christian that I, uh, you know, I, yeah. Anywho. Oh, my gosh. Because I've, you know, once you start avoiding sugar, you just don't want it after a certain amount of time. Right. Oh, yeah. And that was her big change and everything. Yeah, she's the head of this and that and whatever. So Jews for Jesus, when the organization got going, they um, they are a bit aggressive. So they have this gathering that they do every year, and volunteers from all over in the organization go to New York, and they have these, like, buses that they park in Williamsburg and close around, and they are, I just want to say, they're not the kind of people that, again, you look at and go, I want some of that. (laughs) They're all wearing matching t-shirts that's like, Jews for Jesus, impacting the world, all of them wearing that with high-waisted jeans and belts. And I'm not joking. And they just ask people in the street, hi, are you Jewish? Hi, are you Jewish? Just over and over again. And then if someone is Jewish, they bring them into the bus and they show them some of the I like that you say the the action verb is they bring them into the bus like <laughs> against their will they <laughs> yes they grab them but they discuss with them you know Jesus and whatnot and it shows Jews getting you know upset because they're like but in the right. bible this and in the bible that because the whole thing Jews for Jesus are trying to convince Jewish people that the New Testament is the Word of God when they don't believe it to be the Word of God. It's like... Right. Now, see, that's where I can see being offended. Yeah. Like, don't don't talk to me about this. Right. Keep on going your way. So they're very into all that, and they're very into... Um, You can look on YouTube, and even the titles are offensive because it says, Why Jews Don't Accept Their Savior Jesus. And I'm like, it's not their Savior. It's not how it's going. So there's these interesting things in Orthodox Jew and Hasidic things that I'd never seen before. They are these straps of leather that have Mm -hmm. the Bible like inscribed on them and they're attached to this little box and they can put a box. It almost looks like a little top hat on their forehead or on (laughs) their arm and then wrap. It, It definitely looks like those gladiator sandals from 10 years ago. Yes. And that was in the movie Unorthodox. Yeah. I, I, I saw that in there. Yep. 
when they first started doing it in that movie, I thought it was like a heroin looking thing because they're. I did too. I know they're wrapping. Their I'm own. like, oh my god, we're gonna find out now they're into yep, drugs or S and M, some kind of self erotica <laughs> thing that killed. Um, what was his name? John Eric Hexum. Who? John Eric Hexum was that the one? No. Oh no, the other one, the lead singer of NXS. Hutchinson. He was so cute. That's right. Um. Anyway, uh, and David Carradine. So Hasidic Jews don't go to college, but they are very into the scholarship of learning Hebrew and writing it correctly. So that little box has four little cute compartments. It's like a little miniature thing. It's very cute. And each one of those has four little pieces of paper that say some kind of blessings in Hebrew. And before each thing this professional guy takes those out and makes sure they are still correct. I mean, it's very intricate work. They make sure that the box is exactly level. And if they have to mend anything on those little leather band things, if Mm -hmm. you know when you have a piece of leather and like just a tiny sliver comes off on the edges? Yeah. And you peel those off? If those come off or he has to take them off, he can't throw them away. He has to put them in a certain, like, container, and then they bury them. Everything Gosh, is it's just, just like in Catholicism that we were talking about, where if you have any leftover wafers from communion, you have to dispose of them in a very sacred way. Yeah, Wow. So, I mean, all of these things reflect each other, and they're so intricate. Us growing up, we had nothing. (laughs) Southern Baptists were not intricate. Nothing was precious. Nothing was detail-oriented. You know, right now, the coronavirus is really bad in these communities because they don't have phones or Internet, or uh, they were really behind on knowing what was happening. So a lot of them are plagued with the coronavirus. There's so much bad that I can see coming from the internet, but so much good. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we love the unorthodox film on Netflix. Do you want to say a little bit about it? Well, it starts out with the thing that I've been obsessed with for years. There's something Uh, in the Hasidic Jewish community that allows them to break the rules and they found a loophole. So apparently on the Sabbath, you're not allowed to go outside and do certain things like push a baby stroller. Yeah. So, so yeah. So if, if however you've made, let's say your back porch into an extension of your home you're allowed to do these things that are considered not doable outside, but you can do them outside on your back porch or what have you. If you, um, if you've strung like the thing that's like a size of a fishing wire around your porch and made that your home. So they've taken this fishing wire. And if you didn't know it was there, it's strung around all these giant communities in New York City. Oh. So it's called an Eruv. All right. And if you're, if you're 
orthodox like that and you couldn't push a stroller on the Sabbath, well, now you can on the streets of Manhattan or I guess Brooklyn too, uh, all because they've strung fishing wire around the city. And they go, I think, on Thursdays and check it out to make sure nothing is broken or compromised and it lets them do things they shouldn't be doing on the Sabbath, which I think is fascinating way of getting around something like I, I guess uh, to me you know if you're gonna have a rule in place well then either follow the rule or don't follow it but to create a massive loophole like that is so interesting I'm wondering yeah if the if the work part because there's still very seems like they won't do that at all and they have um, their ovens and their lights on timers because you're not supposed to even switch lights on and off. Right. So that's another loophole. Or go down an elevator. Right, right. So, like, everything is turns very Amish on that day, which is fascinating. <laughs> it's, I'm sure the Amish people would love that. <laughs> Hang on. Like they have the internet <laughs> Drag us into this. That's right. Um but so the um, the unorthodox movie or four-part series started with her not being allowed to go outside with her phone or her wallet um, because the Arrow was broken. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't – I'm going to watch that again. But it was fascinating. One, that girl need who played the main character needs to win mm-hmm. an award somewhere. Um, but yeah, that was, that was great. Acting. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them were Israeli actors, but the outfits and everything that goes into it. And of course, um, this line of Judaism, there's a, a very similar sounding thing to Christianity, uh, some extreme Christianity, I guess, because it's all men. Like, the men and the women are separated, even at weddings, at the reception. Right, right. And they celebrate. They have one big DJ playing the music, but there's a curtain between the guys and the and the girls. And the stumbling blocks. <laughs> yes. And um, the same for worship. But then there's this whole thing of women rule the home. They get to boss everyone around, even the husband there, it's all fine. But at the same time, it it doesn't, yeah, the women aren't really getting to do anything else but that. And I had always heard that sex was conducted like this, but they showed it in this document, not documentary, they showed it in this series, how they have like a sheet between them. Right. It's, it's not, it certainly is no fun. No, it's just procreation. Uh, it's procreation. And so the book, I read it a while ago, Unorthodox, and it's this woman who um, decided she had to get out of, of the whole thing. And the only way she could do that is like sort of like the Underground Railroad where you meet with someone, they give you money, they give you, you know, your passport, and you have to just escape because 
Yeah. The Hasidic community will come after you and bang on the doors and threaten you and all this stuff. Um, and they sent her family after her. Yeah, yeah. She went overseas and they sent him after her. So it's... it's And cousin or whatever his name was, Moisha, was so handsome, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> the actor playing him. So Bonnie would also like to join the Hasidic community in London, <laughs> which there is a big one there. Like all of the documentaries um, that I watched were the mm-hmm. ones um, in Manchester. So it's very interesting. It, it would make sense that they're anywhere where they could have a walking environment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which I think is really all I want from a, a, like a, a location to live. All right, so the Jews for Jesus movement... We keep getting off that because I'm so into the Hasidic. But the Jews for Jesus movement, of course, their movement is not really about being Christian. It's about evangelizing Jews and bringing them into the real truth, blah, 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 blah. And they were beginning to be so detrimental and so aggressive that an organization an organization called Jews for Judaism started. <laughs> and it was in direct response to these people. Um, their mission statement is Jews for Judaism strengthens and preserves Jewish identity by responding to religious coercion, promoting critical thinking skills, and providing spiritual guidance, blah, blah, blah. Did you, did you read, like, the subtitle underneath Jews for Judaism? No. Keeping Jews Jewish. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> to me, the ultimate freedom, though, is if I'm Jewish and I want to believe in Jesus, if I believe it in my brain, in my heart, I don't have to tell anybody. So guess what? Ha ha. You can't, you can't force somebody to believe something. You can force them to act. You can't, you can't take away the freedom in my brain. Right. And that's the whole issue with Christianity and what we're seeing in the government and everywhere, which is Christianity and the New Testament is built on conversion. Like Buddhism isn't. Buddhism is you know, like do no harm, but Christianity is conversion based. So they just can't keep it to themselves because that's not part of the belief system, which I, I wish And I don't think they care if you say you convert kicking and screaming. They're like, good, you're on the other side of this line. Right. I got to right. go on and find another one. Right. Yeah. Oh, you left it? Well, la, 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 I closed my ears to that right. one. Well, I don't know if we um, talked much about Jews for Jesus, but I don't care. I don't really um, <laughs> appreciate what they're trying to do. It's rude. It's offensive. And I don't like it. But I am fascinated with unorthodox. If anyone out there is Jewish and wants to write us and tell us, Interesting, funny, amusing stories. I want to hear it. I I had a friend um, who was, I think, either his parents or he was sick as a baby. 
And so they didn't do the bris. Oh, boy. I know where this is going. He had it at 13. Oh, my God. Poor thing. I know. Because, I mean, that is also the age that boys have involuntary, um, you know, standard attentions. So the healing process (laughs) was not good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let's end on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good ending. We'll see you next week. I hope everyone stays well and be safe. Send us funny letters. I know. Please send us some good ones and go visit our shop. 